0: Well, praise the Lord. Good morning, everybody. What a beautiful day it is. And the Lord, I thank God that he is God and there's none other beside him, above him. There is no one to compare to him. He is our God. Father, we want to thank you for your word this morning. We want to thank you, God, for increase increase god in our wisdom and our knowledge and our understanding of you god father there is a way of the world but that is not the way we have chosen we have chosen you father first and foremost and father today we want to be increased and enlarged by you We thank you for the word that's going forth, the word that you have given for this morning, and we pray that you will be magnified and glorified through the teaching of your word. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. For those of you who uh, have come on, I'm Pastor Sharon Hayes, myself and my husband, Pastor Lester Hayes. We pastor together and I just happen to be the teacher for this morning. And I really wanna dive right into the word because um, I wanna stay on time because uh, a little later we have a service uh, starting at 10.30 this morning with our praise and worship service uh, with Pastor Eric, Pastor Phoebe. And the Praise Team for More Than Conquerors, Warriors for Christ Jesus. And we just want to make sure we get things done so we'll be uh, ready to start there. So, I, again, I just greet you in the name of Jesus and thank you for being here with us this morning. This morning, I'd like to talk to you because simply because Pastor Lester has been teaching the revelations of Jesus Christ, and um, it's been a wonderful teaching. Pastor Eric and Pastor Phoebe, they have just dove right in there teaching, and, and I mean, the Word has just been going forward and forth in the name of Jesus and we've been learning a lot and I pray that we've been applying what we have learned in our lives and it's a wonderful thing that when we learn something God gives us the opportunity to apply it to our life and so we need to take advantage of that because it's one thing when you just hear someone say something but it's another thing when it become relevant in your very own life. So praise be to God. So this morning I want to talk to you about the Masonic prophecies Messianic prophecies Um, Pastor Lester has been teaching from the point of the book of John the revelations of Christ This message this morning is going to be the prophecy that was given by God of Christ's coming. And so, you know, God is showing us that even before everything happened, he spoke about it. He prophesied about it. And isn't that amazing when God himself is prophesying about you? And that's what he did to his son. Prophecy is the foretelling of. And he foretold that the Messiah was coming. And he was coming to redeem and to save his people. That word Messiah means anointed one. And so here we see the fulfillment of the prophecy of the anointed one. Who is the anointed one? Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so, you know, in the book of Isaiah, the 46th chapter, the 10th verse, it says, God declare, declaring the end at the beginning. So here we're going to go to the beginning, the book of Genesis, and we're going to see how God has already declared what was yet to come. By his son, Jesus Christ. I tell you, we are blessed people and we are loved people. That is just, oh, the most wonderful thing. How God loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son. How he loves us so much that every day God get up and give us a new day. He gives us new mercies day by day. Every day we get up to our Father who's looking out for us. So we see in the beginning, God already began to declare what the end state would be. We even see it in his own writing, in his word. Here, the word speaks of our coming Savior, our Redeemer. And I would like to go to um, the book of Genesis, the third chapter. I wanna look at two verses in this chapter that everything is going to be built on. So I will go to different scriptures, so if you'll jot them down, uh, and you can look at them later, or you can just listen to this same podcast later. All right, so let's go to verse fourteen again, we're in the book of Genesis the third chapter, and I will read in your hearing verse fourteen and verse fifteen. Just want to let you know where we're at here. We're here in the third chapter where we see God began the well the Bible began to tell us how the serpent was he was a sneaky creature he you know was very tricky and it goes on to tell us how he spoke with the woman and he talked to her about eating of the fruit of the tree of the garden now what he is talking her into doing is something god have told adam and eve not to do but We go on and we see throughout the conversation that, you know, she chose to do that. And I hate to say he talked her into it because to be honest with you, you know, we make our own choices and she made the choice to do that. And after she partake of the fruit, she gave some unto her husband. And so here God is coming in the garden and they hear God coming. I'm just paraphrasing the first part of this chapter and then we're going right into those two verses. So, you know, God is walking, he's coming to meet them like they normally do, meet with God in the cool of the garden, the cool of the day. And so Adam and his wife, Adam and Eve, they hid themselves because they had eaten of that fruit. Now that their eyes are open and they know that they are naked. And when God called to them and they were hiding and they told him they were hiding because they knew they were naked, they were afraid, they said, because they were naked. And they hid themselves and God asked them, he said, who told thee that thou was naked? Has thou eaten of the tree? Now listen, let's, let's back it up a little bit. God knew the minute she took a bite of that piece of fruit. God already knew. But God will sometimes ask us questions to try to lead us in the right thing to do. If we would be honest in looking at this, the right thing for Eve to do and Adam to do would have been to repent. But instead, instead of doing that, Adam says that woman that thou gavest me and Eve said that serpent that's here in this garden with us. You know, it was the blame game. It was somebody else's fault. I believe in all my heart because I never see them actually repent here, apologize to God, uh, admit that they were wrong for what they did, but instead they named someone else. And it was that per. it was Eve's fault, and it was the serpent's fault. He beguiled me, she said. So I believe if we take our big girl and big boy step in life and begin to just tell God, I did this and I'm wrong for doing it, you know, then we can go a lot further in life. But, you know, that's that's preaching for another day. So let's pick up on verse 14. Remember, when the book of Genesis, the third chapter, verse 14, and the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou have done this, thou accursed, above all cattle and above every beast of the field, upon thy belly shall thou go, and thus shall thou eat. All the days of thy life. He goes on in verse 15 and said. And I will put enmity. Between thee and the woman. And between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head. And thou shall bruise his heel. So here we see. It's amazing here we see that God, as in in speaking to the serpent, he cursed the serpent. Now, here it tells us from this point on is when the serpent began to go upon his belly. So before now, the serpent was upright. At this point, when he's cursed, this is when he began to slither around on his belly and go and the, and the father tells him dust thou shalt eat all the days of thy life. Verse 15 and I will put enmity that means hostility hatred a hatred that's so strong that there's open hostility between thee and the woman. Oh, look at here, look at here. And between thy seed and her seed. So here we see right now, even though we know that the enemy hated God more than he could ever hate any of us, God knew that by this woman's seed that the enemy, that serpent, that devil would hate that woman openly. Not only will he hate her, but he will hate her seed. We have here, we have a serpent, we have a woman. We have the serpent seed, we have her seed. We have the serpent head being bruised, and we have Excuse me, we have the serpent's seed head being bruised, and we have the woman's seed heel being bruised. Now I want you to denote that it's a big difference. And when you look up this word bruised, it means crushed. It's a big difference in your head being crushed and your heel being crushed. It's a very big difference. So God is letting us know. Here in the beginning. Who's going to win this battle. God knows. The end. At the beginning. He is allowing us. To know if we would take the time. To understand. What he's saying to us. We go on to see. It's spoken here in Genesis. But. We also go ahead and see, let's look in the book of Luke. Luke, the first chapter, the 31st verse. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. Ooh, glory. This is the seed of the womb. This is a seed that bore a child, that only involve the woman seed and the Holy Spirit. When we go to the Gospels, the four Gospels, it tells us how the angel went to Mary and he began to tell Mary how she was gonna bear this child even before she was with any man. And so for this reason, we see that God is working the plan that he and his son, Jesus Christ, decided. And I bring this point up because so many times, so often we think Jesus only came about in the New Testament. You can look in the book of Genesis, the first chapter, and it tells us, that God, there was God, in the beginning there was God, he spoke the word, and what? who is the word? Jesus Christ is the word. And then it says, and the spirit moved upon the face of the earth. So even in chapter one of Genesis, we see the Trinity working together. Three heads, One God, there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit working together in unison, working as one, the same way that the body of Christ should work. And whether we're there or not as a body, we will get there because the word of God says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And the church will win. The church have won. We are victors because of what Christ have already done. So we see it being prophesied about the Virgin having the baby, having a baby, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Even in the book of Isaiah, we see the In the book of Isaiah, the 7th chapter, the 14th verse, it says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel meaning God is with us. And he is. God has never left us. We've never been alone. We've never been forsaken. Let's take a look now at the seeds. We see here quite um, frankly here where it says, it talks about the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. So I've already explained that Jesus Christ is the seed of the woman. Let's look at the seed of the serpent. In the book of John, the eighth chapter, verse 44, that is the main verse we're gonna look at there. But I want you, I wanna read a part of that because I want you to get a flavor of the conversation that's going on here. I just find it so amazing how Jesus handled his business. He went straight to the point. And even last night, I I couldn't go to sleep. I was so excited just looking at how my Lord and Savior, you know, he just went in on him. It was amazing to me how Jesus can just go in on And so here I want to start, I would like to start reading at verse 32. And if you would just listen, the book of John, the 8th chapter, starting at verse 32. And remember, what we're looking at here is the seed of the enemy, the seed of the serpent. Starting at verse 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Then answered him, We are Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. How saith thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the Son abideth ever Verse 36, if the son therefore shall make you free, ye are free indeed. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. I'm telling you, Jesus going in on them. Then answered, they answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto them, if ye were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me. A man that have told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. He's letting them know, you ain't nothing like Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, we be not born of fornication. We have one Father, even God. Now right here they're trying to go low on Jesus. They're trying to bring Mary into this. Bringing up the fact that Mary was not married when she was impregnated with Jesus. They're really calling Jesus something else and it's not a nice word. They're calling him a child without a father. But listen to Jesus. He goes on. He don't get sidetracked. Verse 42. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech? even because you cannot hear my word? Ye are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and a bold not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, He speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Woo, go on, Jesus. Jesus went right in, allowing them to know that if you were truly of Abraham, you would do the things that Abraham did. You would serve God. You would love God. You would accept God. You would do what God have called you to do. But Jesus makes it very clear that you are a child of Satan. You are not his brother or his sister. And he really went in on him. He said, because your father is the devil. And the lust of your father ye will do. The Bible says... That a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. It just can't do it. Listen, you cannot plant an orange tree and get apples. You cannot plant an apple tree and get peppers. Whatever you plant, that's so shall ye reap. And Jesus is letting them know it's a big difference in you and me. You can bring up my past. You know, I used to wear a t-shirt. I know you remember this shirt, Pastor. And it says, every time the devil reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. That's my past. My future is bright. The sun is in my future. Come on now. He's shining bright. He has a better way for me, a better life for me. He he stands on the truth. He's brought us up in the truth. Are we perfect? No. No one's perfect. But just as I said before, I believe it would have been so much different for Adam and Eve. And it probably would be so much different for us today if they had acknowledged their sin and repented. That is the difference in a lot of people who are saved and not saved. We have to acknowledge when we've wronged God. To keep telling the same old lie will not make it right. We've got to be able to go to God with the truth. And so here we see this difference in the seed. Remember we said in the beginning, remember in chapter 3, verse 14, he talked about, I'm sorry, verse 15. He, he talked about how there will be enmity between the serpent and the woman. And the woman seed, and the serpent seed. And then the last portion of that verse says that it shall bruise thy head. Now, remember, he's talking to the serpent here now. He's telling him. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. I don't know if it was something in the translation why it used the word it instead of he, because God knew that the baby would be a son, his son. But I don't I also thought about, and I'm not telling you this is something that. The Holy Spirit gave me. This is something I thought about. You know, when you look at the fact that this is the first time. You see, Jesus is spirit. But he was also born in a body. And this is something that the world had never seen before. Never had this been. He was the first of a new creation. The Bible said, except a corn of wheat die, fall in the ground and die, it abideth alone. Jesus was the first born of flesh and spirit, brought together as God's son. And from that, here we are. Now we are born of spirit. But yet we were born of flesh even before that. And so here I don't know if that's why it says that. But I really don't think that's important. So I'm not going to make an issue of that. But the third point here is that it shall bruise thy head and thou shall bruise his heel. Let's take a look at this. This is the crushing. This is where we get into the crushing. When you look at that word bruise up, it means to crush. And so this third item I labeled as the crushing. I want you to know this was all in God's plan. It was all in the plan. Jesus and God decided he would give his life. Jesus says in the book of John, the 10th chapter, he said, no man take it my life, no man take it from me, but I lay it down of myself, and I have power to lay it down, and I have power to pick it up again, and he goes on to say This commandment have I received of my Father. See, Jesus is letting us know. He and the Father, they're on one accord. I'm not out doing my own thing. I'm doing what myself and my Father have come together and decided we would do to save mankind. And so here, the devil doesn't know he is being set up. He is being set up because he thinks he's actually doing something by Jesus' heel being bruised. But he didn't know a big whammy was coming on him. He was about to get his head crushed, Pastor Lester. Mm -hmm. He was about to go through a crushing. Because the word of God says, It shall bruise thy head, Satan and thou shall bruise his heel. In other words, it was going to be a fight going on. It was going to go down. But it was going to go down the way God and Jesus planned for it to go down. Listen, I don't care what you're going through in life. I don't care how hard it seems. Your heart might be broken. Whatever may be going on in this period of your life, God Has a plan. Trust God's plan over your plan. Trust God's word over what anybody is telling you. Or what you might think. God has a plan and it has never failed. It goes on in the book of Isaiah. The 53rd chapter and the 5th verse. But he was wounded. For our transgression. He was bruised. There's that word bruised again. He was crushed. For our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace. In other words. What we did. Was upon him. And with his stripes. We are healed. So our iniquities. And transgressions. Were taken care of. Our chastisement was taken care of, all the wrong that we did. And not only that, he also healed our natural and our spiritual bodies. Thank you, Jesus. The book of John, the 19th chapter and the 31st, it reads, When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. Whew. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. I love it. No one took the ghost from Jesus. Jesus gave up the ghost. Why did Jesus gave up, give up the ghost? Because it was finished. Amen. Because he had taken care of business. Because he had done what God called him to do. Lord, have mercy. I just thank the Lord Jesus Christ. My last scripture is in the book of Colossians. Let me go to it right now. Mm, mm, mm. I tell you, I am so excited about what the Lord Jesus Christ have done for us. I'm so excited how he didn't think about himself. He thought about us. He did not give way to what was easy for him. He did not fold under the pressure of knowing he had to give his life. He didn't. He went all the way for us. Oh, yes, he did. He went all the way for us. My last two scriptures, the book of Colossians, the second chapter, verse 14 and 15. It said, blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us. It was a lot of stuff wrote down that Sharon did that was wrong. Oh, but thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for blotting it out. The scripture goes on to read, which was contrary to us and took it out of the way. Listen to this. Nailed it to the cross. Mm -hmm. This is why when we look at people, They might have sin, and it's not the same sin that we have or we had. You see, God loved the homosexual. He just don't love the act. God loved the murderer, but he doesn't love them doing the murdering, the act of what they do. Ooh. You know, we've got to understand whatever our sin was, God still loved us. He did not throw the baby out with the dirty water. He kept us. He cleaned us. He changed our hearts that we could be right before him. When Jesus was nailed to the cross, lying, thievering, murdering, homosexuality, all of that was nailed to the cross. Verse fifteen said and having spoiled principalities. Ooh, this is the this is the crushing of the head of Satan. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. That was the end result for the enemy. Jesus made an open show of him. Jesus didn't play around. Jesus had a mission to accomplish, and he accomplished it for me and for you and for everybody on this earth. Jesus didn't just die for the church. He died for the entire world. So everyone can have a chance at salvation. Everyone can have salvation. All they have to do is receive it. And it's up to us to let them know that. Praise be to God. I'm so thankful that somebody let me know. I'm so thankful for the people who who wasn't afraid, and they came out and they witnessed to me, and they told me about Jesus. Even when I was out drinking, partying, and just doing my own thing, not living right, but somebody was bold enough to open their mouth and let me know that Jesus could change my life. And I thank God for it. I tell you I need to wrap this on up and you know what I'm gonna wrap it up with a hearty amen and we're gonna get ready to open up for comments first we're gonna open up to pastor Lester um, pastor you have any comments and then we're gonna go